y'all and welcome back to another episode of the resilient body podcast i'm your host dr anika the not so typical chiropractor and today we're talking about what is your low back pain trigger okay so this is a conversation that we talk about with each in-person patient and we talk about exactly what movement what position or what load is actually triggering some of their low back pain and we figure out which movements positions or loads we need to avoid for the future in order to actually give our low back some true rest. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of your pain triggers. We're going to talk about how to determine what your low back pain trigger is. And then we're also going to talk about, of course, leaving you with some movements to train some of those pain-free movements. Okay. Some of those pain-free positions. So let's get started. First up, What is a pain trigger? So a pain trigger is a movement, a position that induces your pain. So injured or painful people seem to continue moving in patterns that, you know, piss off their low back. And honestly, that's simply because they become habits. That's just how you've been doing it for months or years or essentially your entire life. Or it's also because you're just not aware that this movement, this position, this load that you're in is what's causing you pain because you do it so much, and that knowing that if you were more aware of that position, that movement, or that load, then we can change that and allow you to give you some pain-free movement. So being more spinal and body aware is something that's going to be really great and really beneficial when it comes to us trying to figure out what your low back pain trigger specifically is, all right? So realizing during movements that you do in your everyday life, like getting up and off the couch, getting up and off the toilet, sitting at your desk for work all day, bending over to pick up that dog, bending over to pick up your kid, bending over to put dog food down. Like all of these things are movements that you do on a daily basis. And that's what we need to figure out. What of those movements, what of those positions, what of that load stuff that you're picking up, how you're picking it up is actually triggering your low back to flare up. From there, we can find some pain-free alternate movements that will help you heal faster and help your back truly relax. All right. So in this conversation that I have with patients, it's all about education and it's all about getting them to understand that your pain triggers and learning what they are, are what's going to be the first step in not only reducing the pain symptoms that you're having, but also knowing what happens next and the next step and helping you to recover faster. Okay. It is truly important to know what things you need to do to help you heal but it's also truly important to know what things you do not need to do to make you heal. Perfect example. Um, I'm working with a patient right now who's having some low back uh, kind of disc bulge issues, which means she has some low back pain. It goes and radiates into her glutes, down her hamstring, and into her foot. We've been working together for about two months, and that pain, that radiating pain, those trick, they're changing. So she no longer has it constantly all day. Now we're starting to notice that there's certain positions, there's certain movements, there's certain loads that she's doing throughout the day that causes that sciatic disc bulge kind of symptoms to ramp up. And we've had to have a conversation about let's figure out what those positions, movements, and loads are, and let's figure out how we can create alternative movements so you can still get what you need done throughout the day, but have a better spine stabilizing sequence in order to fulfill whatever task you need to do. All right. So we talked about 
you know, how to determine those pain triggers. And one way, and I, this is the first example I'm going to give you, one way that I have patients do that is by keeping a journal. I know you're like, oh, this person wants me to keep a journal, but you need to understand what you're doing throughout the day. We spend so much time, you know, in the subconscious realm. We, you know, we get in the car, we drive, we pick up our kid and put them in the crib. We pick up our kid, we put them in the car. They want something. It's just so many things that we do on a daily basis that we're not even realizing that we do and are affecting and triggering our back all the time. And the best way to figure that out is for you. You're with yourself, obviously, all day. So you know, what did you do today? What did you do as a workout? What did you do at work? What did you do when you got home? How were you sitting on the couch? How long did you sit on the couch? Did you hurt putting your shoes on today? Did it hurt immediately as you got up? Like keeping track of the activities that you do throughout the day and knowing what activities help low your low back pain trigger or ramp up and actually what activities don't piss it off at all and that you can tolerate and be in that position. All of those examples I gave earlier are just some movements, positions, or lows to think about that you do every single day, but you're not being intentional with. Another example is I was working with a mom who was consistently having low back pain every single time she picked up her kid out of their crib. So we noticed that one, being in that position, that specific movement, and she was actually moving her spine first and not being as stable as we want was triggering her low back pain. Bending forward and picking up something up off the floor was triggering her low back pain. And specifically for her, it was her kid. So you can't go around every day and not pick up your kid, right? So what we want to do is avoid the way that we're bending over, avoid the way that we've been picking up her kid off the floor or out the crib and provide her with some specific pain-free alternate movements that she can learn and that that can start decreasing her low back and really give her low back some time to rest. That specific movement that I gave her, that specific movement that is probably going to help you beneficially is something I'm going to give you at the end. It's one of the main movements that we're going to talk about that if you truly learn how to master, then that's definitely a great step in the right direction of literally reducing your low back pain as well as stiffness, okay? So keeping that journal is what's gonna help you be more aware and actually notice what you're doing throughout the day that that could be pissing off your low back and what you're doing throughout the day that can actually not be causing a problem and you can actually tolerate. I want to talk about um, assessments. So the first thing we do and the first step in our process is we have to identify and assess the underlying root cause and exactly what's going on. So what I'm going to teach you a little bit and keep it super simple is a little self-assessment that um, strategy that I want to give you specifically focusing on two movements, okay? So two positions. Now, there's so many different things that we go even more in depth when I'm working with patients to be, you know, what specific position and what specific movement on the spine actually pisses off the low back and what is actually causing it. But I'm going to focus on two movements right now. And that's specifically flexion, which is bending over to touch your toes, like that movement, and extension, which is extending your low back and bending and reaching back behind you. So let's talk about some quick self-assessment things that you can do on your own. Let me have you, if you stand and bend over and touch your toes, does that cause any pain or does that cause any irritation? Sitting on a chair, I want you to grab the bottom of that chair because you're going to be pulling of it to try to Bring some compression into that spine, okay? Some compressive forces. So sit on that chair, hands on the bottom so you can grab and pull up. I want you to sit up straight as you can and pull up, trying to add some compression through the spine. 
Did you experience any pain with that? If so, then that's a totally different rabbit hole we can go down. Um, but that lets us know that if we put any type of compression through the spine, that we're already starting to feel kind of uneasy and we're already starting to start some type of triggering or flare up. Now, that same position that we had your spine in before where we were in flexion, bending over to touch your toes, I want you to allow yourself to slouch. All right, allow yourself to slouch as you're sitting in that chair. And in that slouch position, I want you to pull up and put some compression through that spine. Does that cause pain or does that increase irritation? These are two ways that we can kind of determine that you are dealing with some type of spinal flexion problem or what we like to call you are flexion intolerant, meaning certain positions that involve you bending over, that low back cannot stand. It does not like. So what do we do with that information and transition it over to your everyday life and transition it over to, you know, your everyday movement routine? That means that if you have experienced pain or irritation and flexion in any kind, then certain movements like crunches, any type of core exercises that involve you having to flex and bend forward, bicycles, things like that, things that are done in your back, dead bugs that are not done correctly and other forms of movement are not good for your spine right now because right now those tissues are irritated every time you go into that position. So if you bent over and you did those two uh, two assessments and you determined that you experienced a type of pain or irritation, then think about what you're doing throughout the day, how long you're sitting throughout the day, how it feels when you bend over to pick something up then we know that flexion is not what you want to do. So avoid those crunches. The, even though you're trying to work on the core, there's more core exercises you can be doing besides crunching and besides causing that flexion constantly at that low back. That's why doing things on your back and certain core exercises on your back are causing you more low back pain. So those are certain things that you can avoid. Those type of exercises and sitting all day and not getting up and moving is something else you can avoid. The next self-assessment I want to talk about is thinking about extension. So I want you to stand up, hands on your hips, and I want you to extend back as far as you can. Now, I've had some people in my office that getting in that position and me even telling them to extend back, they already get nervous in their body because they don't feel safe or stable to extend back. And from there, I know that we don't have the proper control, that we don't have what I like to call the spine stabilizing sequence happening in our core in order to actually feel safe and stable to extend back. And if that's the case, then that's exactly where we need to start at. And we need to start with core and breathing and how you actually use that to help you stabilize your trunk, your midsection, and move other stuff around it. Now, the same thing we did earlier where you sat on a chair and you pulled up to kind of increase and see if we can bring some compression through that spine, I want you to do here. You're going to sit on that chair. Last time we slouched, this time I want you to extend back in that same position, kind of what we did standing. Then I want you to pull up. Did you experience any increase in pain or irritation, whether that's in your low back, your glutes going down your leg, anything like that? Those two things, if you're experiencing that, that lets us know that you're actually having some type of extension problem and that you are what we call extension intolerant, meaning things that involve you being in extended posture, movement, load, you do not like and that low back is not a fan of right now. So for instance, walking causes us to be in this extended position. If you notice that walking after a certain amount of time kind of increases your pain and irritation, that that's something that I'm not saying we need to avoid walking, but we need to decrease the amount of time that we're walking just so we can start to increase the capacity that we can walk. So walking is a really good thing to do. It's actually what I'm starting to incorporate into some of my resilient movement plans for my patients. So maybe that doesn't mean we walk for 30 minutes or an hour. Maybe that means that we're walking in five, 
that of like 15 minute intervals. Maybe that means that we split up that hour that you like to walk over days. I'm sorry, over one day. So it's called like an interval walking training and something like that. Standing for long periods of time is another extended position that you notice the body does not like. I had a patient who um, was very, you know, ergonomically aware. So she had all the things that she needed. She had the desk that, you know, went from sitting to stand. So she was like, I got the sit to stand desk. I got the position that I'm supposed to be in. So I stand for a majority of my day. So, you know, I'm not sitting all day, which I know that sitting is what causes low back pain. So I'm not sure why I'm experiencing this low back pain. This is a conversation that we had to have in reference to, you know, what is triggering her back pain. And we noticed that extension or extended postures is what triggered it. She was standing all day and she didn't have the proper spine stabilizers to protect her low back so that her low back muscles weren't doing everything. She walked for long periods of time. She liked exploring. She liked going out for walks with her daughter. But she realized that after about 15 minutes, that low pain, low back pain ramped up. And if she kept walking longer, it actually went down her leg. So we experience that low back pain when you're doing extension and other extended positions or movements. And that's something that we know is now a trigger and that we need to figure out how we can create pain-free alternate movements so that you can still do all the shit you want to do. So if walking is something that's important, we decrease the walking. If you're noticing that standing makes it better for a certain amount of time, then we alternate between the positions that either A, we're standing in, whether that's bilaterally standing equally on two feet, maybe we're in a stagger stance, there's different positions we can stand in, or we alter how often we're sitting and standing throughout our day. There is no perfect posture. Just because you're standing all day doesn't mean that you're not going to experience that low back pain. So maybe we just need to alternate between the positions and the postures that we're standing in or that we're sitting in so you can make sure that your back truly gets the rest that it needs. All right. I hope that those two uh, kind of like self-assessment like tips were super helpful and that you're learning like, oh, maybe flexion is not something my body likes or maybe extension is not something my body likes right now. And that can determine what movements we need to avoid and actually not only in our everyday life, but also in our training. All right. So last but not least, let me share with you um, some movements that are going to help specifically whether you're inflection intolerant or an extension intolerant. This is all about kind of finding that spine sparing position, that happy place and where you're not experiencing pain and where you can move other parts of your body. So that one movement that is really big on, um, you know, helping your spine stabilize and helping your core stabilize that everyone should master and know is the hip hinge. Now, I know that you're like, oh, why deadlift in training? Well, what I really want to focus on is doing it without weight, doing it only with your body and seeing where your spine is. Do you bend with your spine first instead of your hips? Are you pushing your butt back? When you come back up from that hip hinge, from that deadlift, are you actually just pulling up with your shoulders? Are you focusing on pulling your hips through? Are you so focused on squeezing the hell out of your butt that you're like, ugh. I don't know. I'm still feeling that low back pain. That's because we're not engaging and using our core muscles properly. So mastering that hip hinge is something that's going to help tremendously with all positions, movements, and load. All the movements that I have, I'm not going to explain them to you, but all the movements that I have are all about the hip hinge and being in different positions and actually training that movement so that when you go to do shit throughout the day that you're subconsciously starting to notice that, okay, this is actually how I'm starting to bend and move and picks up up instead of you bending and flexing at the spine. 
at the first place. So I hope that you found those movements super valuable. And of course, I'm going to put the links into the resources underneath the episode notes so you can see and click on that to start training your movements. Last thing I want to mention before I wrap up, if you are noticing that you're having any pain triggers with these flexions, with these extension motions that we did today, if you notice that it's going further than just your low back, your glutes, your hamstrings, then I want you to be on the lookout and make sure you're on our email list because I have something coming up specifically for you. There's so many things that you can do to start recovering from your low back pain and start reducing your low back pain and stiffness from the comfort of your own home. You just need a detailed plan. You need clear vision and you need to know what movements trigger, you know, what things trigger your low back pain. You need to know what things we need to avoid so that we can start creating pain-free movements. We need to know a specific movement routine for you, depending on what your low back likes, okay? And that's the best way you do that is through assessment and having a career plan. So be on the lookout for the e- on our email list. I have something coming out to coming out for you that I think you will truly enjoy and truly need if you are ready to take action and actually start reducing and resolving your low back pain and stiffness, okay? So I hope you found today super valuable. I know I went a little bit long. <laughs> I know, but we just got into so much stuff about low back pain and how there's so many things you can do on your own. And I'm really big about teaching people how to maintain their own body and how they can work on it themselves. Cause that's something I believe you truly should know how to do and everyone should know how to do. So as always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all at the next episode.